Do you hear that sound? That is the sound of the waves crashing against a bay. But not just any bay. It's a Baywatch because this is a Baywatch podcast. In fact, this is Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast where two men who have never watched Baywatch before try and watch Baywatch. I'm Michael Eisen. And I'm Morgan Thrapp. And Morgan, last time on Baywatch, mm-hmm. it's dunk up the room with a giant fart but at least (laughs) my favorite lifeguard megan came back for a part a blast from the past it's jimmy roche and this second wave his name is eric to which i am quite blasé mitch seems to care about this guy he even tries to get him laid somehow this is only the second worst story of this show involving a sexcapade eddie is in more trouble which is truly a feat He's accused of pedophilia. Wait, what was that story beat? Now, Eddie has been arrested. Shawnee is in shock. I can't believe this story was a two-parter. Morgan, let's talk. Oh, do we have to? Also, that was beautiful. Ah, thank you. I tried. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Uh, Yeah, I guess we unfortunately have to. uh, Otherwise, we risk pissing off the one person who listens to our podcast. That's true. That's true. Where else are they going to find coverage of such an important second part to this episode that definitely needed two parts. I mean, they probably would watch Allison Pregler's like eight minute video on this instead of our podcast. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a smart idea. Yeah. I mean, it, it condenses all of this down. Um, it is years old. So, I mean, you also get that old timey, you know, uh, humor to it. That old timey 2015 humor. We all remember back in those days when gunmen ruled the West. Back when you had to take a, a cassette of your favorite YouTube channel and just load it in the VCR and make sure to rewind at the end of the day. Yeah, back in the day when when you wanted to take a dump, you had to go to the toilet. <laughs> Not like today. <laughs> Not like today when you just... Do it wherever. (laughs) Do it on the road. Do it in the streets. You know, truly, Morgan, this pandemic has been a revolution for uh, for me and Poopin. I'm I'm so glad that you've finally figured it out. I finally figured out how to do it. Uh, They say uh, if you don't use it, you lose it. And (laughs) I think (laughs) I think I don't think I'm going to lose it now. I think I finally figured it out. I finally used it. And boy, howdy, and I'm ready, and I I am ready to keep using it. <laughs> well, luckily, we've got a real shit episode to talk about, so you'll have plenty of opportunities. I'm the expert. <laughs> <laughs> well, nope. if you can't tell already, people, this, this episode sucks. Yeah. I don't know if it sucks more than the last one. Maybe it does. There were definitely a couple moments in this episode that I particularly hated, even in comparison to part one. Mm. Okay, well, that's going to be fun to talk about. I do think uh, this is... So, our last two-parter was the start of this season, and the first episode was god-awful, and the second episode was less god-awful, but awful. And I think the second episode of that one was much better than this uh yeah i would also agree. that was weeks ago and i can't remember i can't even remember <laughs> what i ate this morning yeah know, so 
don't trust me. I'm not like a Baywatch <laughs> expert or anything. It's not like I have a podcast where two men. <laughs> we'll never stop doing that joke. No. Uh, it, it'll be funny in five years. But yeah, I don't understand why Baywatch continues to do two-part episodes when they have universally been just this absolute terrible, terrible viewing experience. But what if they train wreck themselves into like a gold mine, you know? It's possible. I mean, listen, it's it's more content for us, so who am I to right. complain? Right. It's like maybe they'll make their own God's Not Dead. Ooh. And and because God's Not Dead 3 has Officer Garner Ellerby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly, God's Not Dead is part of the <laughs> Baywatch. No, I do not accept that. We should call it Surf's Not Dead. Ooh. I don't know what it would be, but I just, the title came to me, and it just feels too perfect. I feel like it's, they've closed off the beach to the pandemic, and mm. some brave souls are like, we gotta ride those waves, man, for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's Point Break, but it takes place in Florida in 2020. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Okay. You know what? Another new plan for Baywatch Rookie School. We're yes. going to write a movie. Hell yeah. Uh, it's not going to be a good one. No. But it'll be a movie. And that's actually the point that it's not a good movie. Sure. Sure. I can... Um Back when I was a teenager, I wrote a couple plays because I was a big theater nerd. Um, and I do have one unfinished script uh, about a it was a like detective noir story, but all the characters were animals. And the main character's name was Pang E. Win, which was the whole joke. Well, that fits perfectly because I also wrote a detective play in high school. Really? Uh, and I also wrote a I tried to write a musical. Oh, oh, uh, they're not they're not great. Uh, but the fact that I, I so first I tried actually tried to write a few. The first one was a story. This is stupid. That's my preface. OK, a story about like Canada trying uh, finally trying to like in reinvade America and take it back. All right. Uh, and so I made patriotic songs for both sides <laughs> called like America is better than you and Canada is better than you. Um, and I researched basic facts about Canada, whatever made a song. <laughs> then there was another one I made. Uh, oh God, I can't even remember what it is. I'd have to look it up. I have it next to me, but I'd have to find it. And then I wrote a play about Sherlock Holmes. Oh, uh, and then I wrote a play that I think was actually sort of good about a family who like an eccentric family who uh, just like is very poor. But all they can and all they really spend luxury money on is to go see movies. Okay. Uh, and I I don't remember much of it from there because the the script, the date on this is from 2010. All right. So it's a long time ago. Sounds very, uh, very Neil Simon. It sounds very shit. <laughs> <laughs> but together we could write. We could. I mean, we have said we want to write the Baywatch musical. Yeah. And I do actually think we should 
legitimately write a Baywatch musical at some point because we also have a lot of talented friends. Yeah. And I think together they could all help us make this musical happen. I I love it, and I also think we then call it Baywatch the Musical colon Surf's Not Dead. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And it's all about uh, Mitch having to like reclaim the waters. Maybe. Ooh. What if What if someone tries to What if someone tries to build property on parts of the beach? Oh. Like, can't take down the beach. This is like a classic story, right? Yeah, yeah. They try to put property on the beach. He tries to stop them. And so he holds like a surfing competition, but something goes awry. And so he has to stop the villains. Uh, it sounds perfect. Uh, yeah. And we should get Derek Savage to write it. <laughs> <laughs> but Cool Cat presents. Oh, Maybe. man. If we got Derek Savage involved, we could also have a number with singing sharks, which I just want. Well, they got to be dudes in, like, not even, like, left shark costumes. (laughs) They got to just be crappy great white shark costumes. You can see their feet, though, and they're, like, walking (laughs) around just going, like, you know, I don't know, like Frankenstein noises. And then it's just Mitch punching them and going, take that, shark. Take that. This one is for Jill. And then, like, Jill comes down from the ceiling, just goes, you've avenged me, Mitch. Thank you. And then he sings the song, Surf's not dead. You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. I love uh, it. This is this is actually I've already decided on who our Mitch is. Oh, Steve Coogan. <laughs> <laughs> and, th- and that's because he was in the musical Hamlet 2. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where he does Rock Me Sexy Jesus. All right. It's. It's a great it's rock me, rock me, rock me, sexy Jesus. And like the whole point of it is Jesus comes down and resurrects Hamlet. And Hamlet's like, oh, hey, dude, can I have your cell? And he's like, yeah, dude, here. And he's like, oh, awesome, Jesus. I'll call you sometime. He's like, yeah, hang out with me. And then Jesus <laughs> gets to wear a wife beater. And like everyone's like, oh, Jesus is sexy. And he's like, want to see a true miracle? Watch me surf. And then so like Jesus surfs. And so the it's a school play that gets shut down because they're like, this is blasphemous. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then he has to like prove, no, 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 no. It's like pro Jesus, right? It's definitely pro Jesus. <laughs> the musical yeah, is the best part of that film. This ain't no amateur Jesus. This is a pro Jesus. Yeah, yeah. It's not even a personal Jesus. It's a professional Jesus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where there was only one set of tracks in the wave, that's where Jesus surfed you. You know, they say Jesus walks alongside you, but really what they never told you is that Jesus surfs alongside you, bruh. Radical. Far out. (laughs) Anyone else is far out, Morgan? What, Michael? Where this episode goes, and I think you should take us there. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, So first up, we get Shawnee going to tell Mitch about Eddie being arrested, and Mitch tells Shawnee that he found the bathing suit earlier. Whoa, whoa, you skipped so much here. I did? Because, yeah, okay, because first off, important things to note, Mm -hmm. Hobie, like a normal person, 
by which I'm being sarcastic, <laughs> offers someone fruit the first thing when they enter the door. They enter the door and he goes, do you want some fruit? Oh, yeah. And it's like, who the fuck does that? Yeah. And then two, she goes, Eddie was accused of statutory rape. And then Mitch looks at Hobie and then Hobie goes, I know what rape is, dad. And then Mitch goes, I know you do. It's yeah. Like, what? What? Why? What? Yeah. It's 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 very important for the wrong reasons in that. Well, you need like because you didn't even have to have Hobie for this scene. He nope. offered her fruit and then said he knows what rape <laughs> is like. Who does this? Why is this? this? He could have just been upstairs. He could have been at fucking Tim Tom's house. I don't fucking Jimmy the Bimmy's house. I don't fucking know. (laughs) Instead, you're like, I I need to offer her the fruit. It's what people do. Yeah, it's woof. This episode is not good. Um, No, it's not. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, once once Shawnee has finally forced uh, Hobie and Mitch to have some uncomfortable realizations uh, <laughs> about fruit. About fruit. Um, she realizes that the bathing suit belonged to the girl who she saw, you know, flirting with Eddie through her binoculars and is like, those damn teenage girls are always up to no good, preying on older men. And it must have been her. And then her and Mitch are like, yeah, she calls her a trophy hunter. Yeah. And then her and Mitch are like, we told Eddie not to do any of this, which is to say his job be on the beach. Like, right. And what Mitch literally told him to be there. Yeah. So, yeah. Mitch, you're, you're at fault. Yeah. I mean, the fault is also apparently at all humans who aren't lifeguards because they're just so oppressed. You know, they're just mm-hmm. the plight of lifeguards everywhere is, you know, age dynamics they just really a huge struggle you know for them and i i just really feel for them in this hard crying time where i could just you know keep my dick in my pants you know (laughs) but sometimes you know i can't even make a joke here because i already made the best joke possible about that so Mm -hmm. fuck this (laughs) um yeah, next next we get a little interrogation scene. Eddie is being interrogated by Garner and another cop who are playing good cop, bad cop. And Eddie waived his right to a lawyer. Um, and Garner's like, hey, you shouldn't have done that. And Eddie's like, no, it's fine. Um, <laughs> and then they just keep yelling at him for a while. Mm-hmm. Finally, we find out that Mitch and the rest of the lifeguards posted bail. So Eddie leaves. In the middle of the interrogation, which I don't think is how that works, but... Nope. And then it's just never brought up again. Nope. Uh, Mitch then tells Eddie, hey, I don't want to do this, but you're suspended indefinitely pending the results of the investigation. And Eddie is like, how dare everyone in headquarters not immediately believe me and immediately leap to my defense, even though they did and are um and then <laughs> he says he says that the lifeguards are there to save everyone's lives well one of us you know they yeah. don't want to save themselves and i'm like oh, you're not a like a, a minority dude you're yeah. literally a, a you're a white dude who looks like he's the drummer of a billy idol band like, and specifically calm a, down 
specifically a white guy who has just been accused of statutory rape and whose only defense is, but I didn't do it. Like, And he got off. Scott exactly. Said. Like, I, <laughs> I also would not immediately be throwing my full weight behind him. Like, look, you don't understand the trauma there is of fully being forgiven for your actions. Mm-hmm. It's more you would you would never get it because um, you're um, mm, I, mm. Mm, OK. Nope, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this scene ends with Caroline and her dad showing up and then her dad and Eddie fight. And then they yell at each other a bit. And then Eddie just keeps yelling at Caroline that she's lying uh, in yeah, front of it, all the lifeguards. It's it's so it's very weird because. So one. Uh, yeah, Eddie's yelling at her. The dad tries to punch him. Eddie blocks it. And then the guy's like, I want him sued for assault, whatever. And all of that is what makes Caroline go, oh, maybe this is bad. Yeah. Uh, and she has this clear look of panic and trauma on her face. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you know? Like, OK, OK, sure. If, if this took place mm, five minutes after the last time we saw her. OK, but this is seems like it's like a day and a half or two later. How did she not realize based on her dad, like getting mad or whatever, that I mean, this is some serious shit. Sure, but I think it's reasonable for her to be like, there's a distinction between my dad is upset at me and, like, someone is getting arrested. Like, I can understand why, especially if you're a teenager, why that might be like, oh, this is real consequences. Sure, and I also have the virtue of having a television show in front of me (laughs) that I'm watching and know what's happening. Yeah, okay, that's, that's a fair point. Yeah. To be clear, I still don't like this episode. No, um, <laughs> no, this is bad. Um, next up, we get a scene where Eddie is packing up his locker. Uh, there's something very important in that locker. Oh, it's the key feature of his locker because there's all these the the, the little features mm-hmm. that make up the Eddie Kramer locker. You know, he's got some some uh, water bottles there, and he's got a bunch of shorts. But the key here. Is mm-hmm. a box of Quaker chews. He <laughs> rapidly stuffs in and keeps on pushing it down into his into his bag because um, I don't know if there's a motto for Quaker chews, but I'm going to pretend even, it's what I don't even know what those are. Like, like you know what Quaker oats are? Yeah, I was going to say it just sounds like chewy oats, which sounds fucking terrible. Okay, so let's look this up. Okay, for a second here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna go to the old Yahoo machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, go which, post on Yahoo I mean, Answers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> rest in peace. Uh, there's Quaker Chewy. No, I mean I guess it could be like a granola bar, maybe. But oh, it could be. It, maybe it's Quaker Chewy and not Quaker Chews. Okay, and so in that case, here is a picture of Quaker Chewy. <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah, these I've had before. Yeah, because, you know, nothing nothing is more important when you are being accused of statutory rape than getting your chew on. <laughs> I, nope, nope. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> yeah, nope. Look, they can't all be zingers, folks. No, it's true. They can't all true. be good jokes. 
but what is very funny here is there is a lot of pictures in Quaker Chews here of <laughs> like pink pigs and pink alligators. Huh. Um, it's it's very fun to me. Um, there's also a lot of parrots. Um, there's one of just like in general. Yeah, well, OK, well, here, look at this one. Oh, that's a parrot upside down. I was very worried what this <laughs> picture is. Um, you'll see why at first. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Huh. What the, what the fuck is happening? It's like, oh, they're holding. Yeah. Uh, and so I think it's it's from this uh, thread here where this guy is chewed. I guess this is chewed, too, about a parrot. Uh, it's from the parrot owners community parrot owners community chewing problems thread and that's probably uh, like a quaker parrot or something oh it's you know only quakers own parrots <laughs> uh, you know they're just non actually oh yeah they're quaker parrots that's what they're called okay that they're makes sense called quaker parrots the only thing I knew about Quakers, the way I actually discovered what a Quaker was, is from the movie Miss Congeniality. Uh, <laughs> because uh, William Shatner keeps on saying, I'm a Quaker. I don't own a gun. And they're like, shut up. And th- that's literally all I knew about the Quakers. That's all I know. Oh, and the the oats. Yeah. The oats. Those are good oats. I think the oats are the only thing I really know. Well, clearly they outlived their usefulness the moment they... You know, had oats because, like, we don't need Quaker people anymore. We got oats. Oats are better than people. It's true. It's true. But you know what's not better than what? No, this this is a bad lead-in. Please, yeah. Lead in. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go to the next scene or the yeah. remainder of this scene, which is basically Shawnee tries to comfort him, but he gets real mad at her and takes it out on her, and yeah, and he punches through a locker door screen. Yeah. Through a locker door would be crazy. It's like, you yeah. broke metal, dude? But yeah. It's just, no, these are like, you know, wicker ratin or something. Right. And so Shawnee asks Eddie to not emotionally pull away from her. Mm-hmm. And so he pulls away from her emotionally. Mm-hmm. But speaking of people who uh, did that exact same thing, uh, Megan and Turner are on the beach getting a little flirty when Megan's new boyfriend, Rob, shows up. And Turner's they're, just real mad about that. They're not getting flirty. I, they're a little bit. I think Turner much more so. Yeah, that's true. He he pulls her in. He grabs her hand. Yeah, and that was pulls her great. in violently. And she has to say, should we arm wrestle? Yeah. Because she clearly is acknowledging the fact that he's being super aggressive. That's not flirty. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I've ugh, this episode. It was so hard to pay attention enough to write notes. <laughs> Don't worry. I I paid too much attention and wrote lots of notes. Perfect. Um but yeah, Rob shows up and he is the most generic tall white man in a sweater. Um mm-hmm. he's he's brought chamomile tea, which they all oh, wait, he has about a sweater for a while. On the beach? I know. It's a real God. first for this show. We really do need to make Baywatch Rookie School beachwear sweaters. <laughs> I like really thin sweaters um, for the beach or thick sweaters for the beach in like the fall mm-hmm. or, or winter or spring. And then we can pretend that we went to the beach in these sweaters, but actually just stay inside. 
I feel like sand would be the biggest issue. Like I'm thinking about any sort of sweater that has any sort of sand. texture on it. It just gets everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Anakin. Exactly. Well, um, yeah, uh, I guess. Yeah, the sand would. Well, no, if you make it well, depending on the type of sweater. Yeah. Some sweaters. Yeah. This the coarseness of it. It might get through the sweater. Oh, that too. Just got, then just got sand tummy. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Sounds awful. Yeah, it does. Santa's the worst. It's true. That's why I don't go to the beach. There's only... Okay, so there's only one locale of sand (laughs) that that I enjoy. And that is the the sand dune. Mmm. Because the sand dune is just cool. Like, you look at that, and usually it's just like, wow, that's a lot of fucking sand. I could (laughs) take a board down this thing. And then there's like sand tornadoes and you're like that sounds horrible but it's cool to look at uh i don't know they just seem like really cool uh as opposed to the beach which is just like well because you go to the sand dude you're either gonna see (laughs) far away some people who you're like ah it's another instagram influencer doing a photo shoot in the sand dune and then right next to me, it's like, oh, there's some dude in a Dragon Ball Z shirt or some shit, right? <laughs> At the beach, it's all just going to be the people you hate the most and then some kids trying to make a moat. And you want to hang out with the little <laughs> kids, but you're an adult and you're like, this is weird. So I'll just hang out here by myself. And then you just have to listen to these people talk about, oh, man, dude, uh, I love the beach. I love the beach so much. It's like, what? OK, we get it. Say something else besides how much you love the beach. I don't give a <laughs> shit. Why am I here? I could be at I could be at home or at a sand dune. Yeah, uh, yeah. The the only, the only two places. places. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a binary. Mm-hmm. Speaking of sand, Turner goes to leave, but his wheelchair gets stuck in the sand, and he doesn't want help. Um, which is reasonable because Rob is just like, "Hey, I'm going to come help you now." And Turner's like, "Uh, fucking no." Um, But then he gets out of the sand and leaves. Yep. Um, Next, we get a shot of Mitch doing his best romance novel cover impersonation (laughs) uh, as he looks at a picture of him and Turner wistfully standing by a fireplace and then in a very blocked move, walking over to the couch and sitting down. Um, And then now we're in a flashback um, where we have a very long exchange between Mitch and a doctor, where the doctor explains that Turner is paralyzed from the waist down, and Turner just found out about that. And Mitch is like, oh no, that's really bad, which it is. Um, And then Mitch goes to see Turner, and the two of them banter for a while. There's a lot of banter in this episode that doesn't really go anywhere, and it's not well written enough to be interesting. Right. Um... So they well, there is one part in here I would like to point out. Sure, which is Turner does have a Walkman, mm-hmm. and uh, he says he can't live without his music. Uh, and I wrote in my notes, I wonder what he's listening to here, and then in brackets, make this a bit. <laughs> uh, so Morgan, uh, what music do you think Turner listens to? Ooh, that's a good question. I feel like it's got to be something kind of hard. I actually so the montage of Eddie later in this episode uh, in my version has a like straight up grunge song underneath it that was actually decent. And oh, I, so different from mine. Oh, yeah. I, I also went and listened to a quick part of it 
of the like remastered song and it is boy is it different um but i could totally see turner being a grunge guy really because my first thought was he listens to duran duran interesting like i think he's he's there and he loves like rio and hungry like the wolf that that's what i think i don't know yeah because because like okay in this what do we say turner's maybe like early mid 30s something right like that. yeah it's 91 um so grunge i mean okay yeah it's 91 so grunge was like popular at the time so maybe he was listening to that but i also feel like maybe he was a bit old for grunge could be maybe maybe he was like ah oh, this new music's too hard remember when they just sang about rivers <laughs> you know uh remember when they just saying about the states of beings for animals you know <laughs> hungry like a like it's the wolf but like a wolf oh. uh i i do think he's like a Durant, i think he's very much like a new wave guy he loves those, he that. loves those synth beats but mitch on the other hand is definitely that guy who's like i can get down with the hip hop the hippity hop (laughs) that's definitely a david hasselhoff thing i feel like oh yeah and definitely just a ton of the beach boys like constantly of course of course well that and so yesterday i was listening again to his cover of um oh donna feeling and it's the greatest music video of all time it's Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It has David Hasselhoff pretending he's a bird and flying around. Yes. And then he sings on a boat next to some glacier. It's 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 beautiful. It's it's so beautiful. Um, And so I think he just likes the hits. Like, I don't think David Hasselhoff likes any band that was not a hit. You know? Oh, yeah. I don't think he's just like. Oh, man, I really loved like uh, like I love like Devo Devo's first album or anything like that. Yeah. He's just like, I love me like that one Mungo Jerry song. And, (laughs) you know, I love the Beatles. I love the Beach Boys, but only their hits Mm -hmm. or whatever. He's definitely someone who's like too busy lifeguarding to bother paying attention to like you know, charts or anything. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, I only listen to surf related music. (laughs) So yeah, that's, that's, that was the only interesting part about this scene is Mm -hmm. wondering what music Turner is listening to. Yeah. It's, it goes on for quite a while though. Um, and, and then it ends with as Mitch is going to get everyone else. Turner points to the wheelchair and goes, get that out of here. And so Mitch does, and and then Turner keeps listening to his music, and the flashback ends, and we go yep. back to Mitch sitting on a couch, illuminated by a fireplace, staring wistfully at a photo of him and Turner. <laughs> <laughs> now, Shawnee is at the headquarters, waiting around for Eddie, uh, when Ben shows up and tells Shawnee not to worry because the same thing happened to both Craig and him. And really, you know, teenage girls are just the ones who are really going around preying on older men. Like, really, the uh, the guys in this equation are who we should be worried about. And 
And really, just those those teenage girls are the ones going around causing problems. And in case it's not clear from my tone of voice, this is stupid. I hate it. <laughs> oh, it's very bad. Uh, opinion time here. Mm-hmm. I think the actor who plays Ben is the worst actor in this show. Ooh, he's very bad. <laughs> he is like man what i wouldn't give even for monty markham to be here holy crap like i think his acting is so god awful here and erica leniak has to basically carry him through this scene oh yeah some may say hang glide him (laughs) through this scene yep he hang she hang glides him right into the next scene uh, that, just, ooh, that doesn't sound right. That, no, it doesn't. <laughs> None of this episode sounds right. It was never going to. We had to talk about this episode, so <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, you know, letting it flow through me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it also doesn't sound right, but okay. Um, Turner has shown up to a cliff where he finds two surf bros who are going to go hang gliding. And you can't do that. They're surf bros. You can only pick one thing. That's yeah. like you, your your stat sheet doesn't allow for you to pick another activity. Okay, I would like to propose though surf hang gliding, where you just have a big paraglider, but then you do sick jumps off of waves and float with the surfboard still on your feet. I feel like okay. that would be dope as shit. So you have straps mm-hmm. on the surfboard, sure, and you just put those in. So then, what someone does is they push you off the cliff and so you're you're hanging back so it does look like you're surfing Ooh. on the hang glider yeah yeah yeah. uh so if we ever do if we ever do that baywatch one off <laughs> this is perfect for it oh for sure but yeah i think this is an amazing idea and we've truly revolutionized the two greatest sports yeah ever i also while we're proposing new paragliding and hang gliding sports why isn't it a thing that you could snowboard off a ramp and then paraglide? That should be a thing. I don't know if it is or not. I don't go outside, but if it's not, it should be. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, 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 wait. So like, okay, so you have like a ramp. You have like a half pipe, right? Yep. No, I'm thinking, so go- I'm thinking full like Olympic jump ramp kind of thing. Right, right. Well, okay, okay, sure, sure. So you have the full ramp. Yeah. Like you know where they do they do the full jump, they do some flips, and you land, mm-hmm. right? So, but is the hang glider, is it like Nintendo 64, I hit the end of the ramp and it magically appears on my hands? So, or is it midway through the air, there's a hang glider, and then you grab it, and then you keep flying and you go for distance? So originally, I was envisioning it as you're holding the hang glider the whole time you're going down the ramp. And just Ooh. as you get off the end of the ramp, it just, now you're flying. But... I feel like that would create too much drag and reduce the amount of speed you'd have going down the ramp. So I think the better way to do it is you actually put poles on either side of the ramp that hold the hang glider up at arm's length so that as you go off the ramp, you can grab the paraglider and just start fucking going. This is how how is this not a video game? Yes. Legitimately, this feels like something that would be. I, it probably is, and I'm just... It probably it. is. <laughs> Though I have a new idea. Okay. Okay, because you brought up a very interesting point about the drag. Mm-hmm. So there was the, there's this old um, 
like some like PSA that's talking about uh, not like a PSA educational video it's talking about drag. It's like, well, if you if you were to run with a uh, with umbrella out in front of you, uh, you'd have like the wind go around the umbrella. Right. Because the umbrella sure. is blocking. it. So what if you snowboard down while holding an umbrella and then once you Ooh. go off the ramp, you hold it up and then you try to like princess peach your way to like the farthest the farthest point. I was going to say Mary Poppins, but yeah, I'm into that. <laughs> Mary Poppins. We don't acknowledge the pets. <laughs> we only acknowledge Mushroom Kingdom Knights. Mm-hmm. I think that's <laughs> what they're called. That or uh, or maybe Daisy uh, from, from the Super Mario Brothers RPG. Super, Super Mario Brothers movie, uh, which is, again, favorite movie of the podcast. Greatest movie ever made. By far, I do actually rate that movie like a 7.5 out of 10. I fucking love it. Uh, At a bare minimum, you should be watching that instead of this episode of Baywatch. More than most episodes of Baywatch. You should just be like, it's time to watch Super Mario Bros. movie. (laughs) Oh, there's our next podcast. We'll do a do a worst idea of all time ripoff. But just the Super Mario Brothers movie. And instead of doing it for 100 days, we'll just do it every day for the rest of our lives. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Honestly, that's still better than watching Paul Blart Mallcott. Yeah, that's true. Like, God. because at least the Super Mario Brothers movie has some redeeming values and some parts that, like, I don't know. I think there's parts that made me smile and made me laugh. Uh, like, especially just going, like, uh <laughs> over and over or whatever. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's a monkey now, what? <laughs> uh, just beautiful stuff right there. Mm-hmm. Oh, and of course, Mario, Mario, I'm Luigi Mario. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah, great, great jokes. Anyways, uh, yeah, Turner has a hang glider, and mm-hmm. they're, they're like, you can't do it, dude. It's too windy. And Turner is like, not if you believe. <laughs> yep. And, and then, they're just like, yeah, sure. You can have one of our hang gliders and go. Yep. And then Turner is like, Man, I'm gonna hang glide off this cliff. Let me let me take a look. Oh, there's Megan, and then he has a flashback. Yep, it's basically just him and Megan running around and doing lifeguard stuff forever while a folksy love ballad plays. Um, now for this, we get an original song. Oh boy, this is called "This Is What Dreams Are Made Of." And it's performed by Crash Cove. Now, you may be thinking, huh, Crash Cove. I've heard of that before. And you are right, my friends. Oh, Crash Cove is indeed one of the tracks in Crash Team Racing for the PlayStation. (laughs) (laughs) Crash Cove uh, is Rick Seibold, who is a DJ from Nottingham, England. uh, And he forms a group. With Sherry Short and Andrew Burns, who write the song called 301. And this is sickly poppy, like kind of pop punk. And I hate that I enjoyed this. <laughs> I give it a B and I hate myself for it. But here are the lyrics. When I've got you next to me, can't help this feeling. Is this real or fantasy? Maybe out of my league. I'm barely breathing. You're everything I need. Ooh, 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 yeah. 
Ooh, ooh, don't wake me up. Ooh, ooh, yeah, ooh. Uh, this is what dreams are made of. Rain to you and I can't get enough. Ooh, this is what dreams are made of. Hot rush, ready to fall in love. Ooh, mm. ooh, don't wake me up. Ooh, ooh. Don't wake me up from the shot. You gotta get up. me on, You gotta <laughs> get me on my knees. Your love. No, you not you gotta get me. You got me on my knees. Your love mm. is healing. I'm like, that's 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 just a blowy. There's a, you know, there's a huge rush of love, and you got me on my knees. Yep. <laughs> that's that's just sex. You know you hold the key, baby. Love how you're hanging on me. <laughs> Wait, this is not right. <laughs> love how you're hanging on me kisses. You're stealing? What? <laughs> hanging on me kisses. <laughs> I love that. You're saying me before anything is great. You're... Your crash in like the sea, baby. What? What? Ooh, 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 yeah. Ooh, ooh no, don't wake me up. No. Ooh, 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 yeah. Ooh, oh, this is what dreams are made of. Ryan, do I can't get enough? Oh, this is what dreams are made of. Hot rush, ready to fall in love. Ooh, don't wake me up. Ooh, don't wake me up. That's um. Those lyrics aren't good. No. Um, I do like hanging on me kisses. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's very funny. Uh, and then, uh, then what happens, Morgan? Yeah. Now we see, uh, we see Turner take off and Megan sees this as well and is worried. And I, I was surprised just how much hang gliding content we get in Baywatch. This was yeah. not a thing I was expecting when we started this show. Yeah. Um, but now we get some more hang gliding content. Uh, because Mitch has arrived at Turner's takeoff site and yells at the surf bros. And then Turner has a very long hang gliding sequence that ends with him crashing in the water. And then Mitch takes the other hang glider and follows <laughs> Turner. And of course he does. It's 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 yeah. Buchanan. Of course, he also has to get a glider. Like, yeah, fuck. he this actually the end of his hang glider scene might be my favorite moment of Baywatch ever. Really? Um, so just real quick, setting it up, uh, Megan goes ahead and runs in the water too. And then Mitch stands up on the bars of his paraglider, disconnects himself from his harness and dives into the water while standing on a paraglider. That shit is dope as hell. Uh, It's pretty cool. It's really cool. Um, and then there's a really long rescue scene. That was boring. Yeah. Yeah. But I just I am I'm amazed at the escalation they're bringing to Mitch's rescues. And we're only halfway through season two. Like we started with, oh, he jumps off a boat. OK, that's pretty cool. Oh, he jumps off a helicopter. All right. Cooler. Jumps off a faster boat. All right. Sure. I see where you're going. And then jumps off a fucking hang glider like. Where don't, where are we going next? Is he going to start like riding a dolphin or something like? Well, there's going to be some explosion running ways. Uh, mm. Of course, this season there's also samurai battle, which I, yes. I feel like I've hyped up too much. Um, so of course it's going to be very funny when it doesn't meet expectations. <laughs> uh, you know, we got just Mitch like singing. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. The point of this podcast is: is two men who have never watched Baywatch before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, how how the fuck would I know? I true, I, I, true. I haven't watched it. I just know about it. Uh, yeah, I think the episode. 
the episode we should really be hyping everyone up for, though, is our Gilligan's Island episode. Um, because as we know, famously, that's just really one of the better Baywatch episodes. Like, I worry for what Baywatch fans think bad Baywatch episodes <laughs> are if this season has not had that many bad Baywatch episodes. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, the episode where uh, where they just have weird random Latin gangs mm-hmm. everywhere being racist or... Uh, the episode where Eddie just is like, I fucking hate the homeless and they should shoot them in the street. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it doesn't say that, but close enough. Uh, yeah. How like how much worse is it? I'll probably spoil myself because I can't <laughs> contain myself. But. Um, yeah. Yeah. The yeah. next scene is unimportant. Is Shawnee meets with Mitch. She yep. can't find Eddie. That's it. Which yep. leads us into Morgan. Oh, another boy. montage. Tell tell us about your version. Oh, boy. This montage, it's just a really long montage of Eddie doing what I termed in my notes, man stuff. Uh, I called to it try hot stuff. Called it what stuff? Hot stuff. Yes. Yeah, just him working out, running, punching things, looking angry, uh, all while some, like, straight-up Temple of the Dog grunge plays <laughs> underneath it. Like, yes, it's genuinely good. Like, I actually tried to find the songs. So I was like, this is good enough that it must be a real song. Um, but I can't find it anywhere. Um, the lyrics were dumb, and I don't remember them very well, but... It had, like, that exact... I'm completely blanking on who the lead singer for Temple of the Dog is now. Um, oh, I'm not the grunge guy, but let's look it up. Fair. I know Dave Grohl was in Temple of the Dog. They were, like, a super was, group, right? Uh, Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell. Yes, of from course. From Soundgarden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, holy shit, it sounded like Chris Cornell. Like... I, I almost wonder if it's just, like, some super obscure Chris Cornell track. Like, the vocals were on point. Um uh, yeah. there's no soundtrack notes. Yeah. Oh, wait. Actually, wait. I think I found it what it is. Really? Like, listen to five seconds of this and tell me if that's it. No. It's not? No, I, it's I keep not. going through it. Because this sounds kind of grunge. Or just, like, skip forward. Yeah, no, I, I did. Um, here, I'm trying to find it in the Daily Motion. Yeah, oh, no, it's um, definitely not here. Um, I'll just edit this one. I don't care. Um, <laughs> go to, like, 25 yeah. minutes in in this. Okay, let's see. Uh, oh, wait, you get a Tonight on Baywatch at the beginning? Yeah. Oh, man. I wish I had that. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Wait a second. Wait a second. No. Did you try to Shazam it? I did. Um, my Google Assistant didn't pull anything up, but. Okay, wait. Because, like, it's actually good, right? Like. Well, I'm not the biggest fan of grunge, but yes. This has got to be. Holy cow. This has got to be some. Right. It's oh got to be some, like, obscure Chris Cornell project or something. Yeah, like... Uh, I tried Googling a bunch of the different lyrics and didn't come up with anything. Uh, the problem is, is, like, 
I found is like doing the lyrics doesn't always. Yeah. Doesn't always help. Uh, it could have been just like a random song that they got. Uh, the problem is with a lot of, you know, this show is that there's nothing out there. And I don't get it. Like, how yeah. is the most popular show of all time of next to nothing on the Internet about it? Yeah, it's it's so wild to just like that's just how it was like. It's weird because we're at a spot where we're actually documenting things in a way that's almost more comprehensive. I know than the rest of the Internet. <laughs> and I'm like, shit, am I becoming like are my notes becoming like a source of information on this show? We're going to end up in the fucking Library of Congress. <laughs> <laughs> For important contributions to lifeguard kind. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's the last thing I want to be known for. I don't want to support these, these <laughs> garters of life. Mm-hmm. They're, okay, so super, super side point. Yes. Uh, just a Reddit comment I saw before we started this episode that I thought was really funny. It was from the wrestling subreddit where like some wrestler was like, why would you? Be? And she she's Japanese. So it was like an interview in like broken English. And she was like, why be racist? Racism sucks. Why would you hate people? Don't hate anyone. And mm-hmm. someone goes, wow, as a really big fan of her and racism, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> such a, it's such a stupid line. I love it. Anyways. Yeah. So this sounds like for you, great song on, a, on like an F to an A scale. Where would you give it? Honestly, I... You know, I'm not the hugest grunge fan. I like mm. grunge, um, but it's just not ever something I got super into. I would give this probably a B to B plus. You know, I think if I were more into grunge, it might even be higher because like we just spent a while and it all got edited out. So you didn't hear it trying to find this song because it it actually just sounds like an unreleased Chris Cornell track mm-hmm. like. It's <laughs> I can't. Whoa, it's not sounding grunge anymore. <laughs> it almost sounds like grunge country a little bit at the end there. You, you know, Gruntry. that, uh, that uh, kind of exists, sort of. Of course it does. Uh, specifically, oh, was it the Milkmen? Was, no, wait. Uh, wait a second. This is important to the podcast. (laughs) Now it's time Uh, for another musical Googling break. Uh, it is the Meat Puppets. The Meat Puppets were the one. So the Ah. Meat Puppets were, um, like, they they made up a genre that's called cowpunk. It's kind of, it's kind of grungy, it's kind of punky, but it's very also country. Sure. It's, it's very weird i love it um and so they would they would come back to it here and there so i'm also with you i'm not a big grunge person a lot of my friends are like i fucking love grunge grunge is the best and then they'll sit there and they'll just be like listen to a whole temple the dog album and (laughs) i personally get bored yeah uh it's just not it's so weird as someone from Seattle. I'm like, this is just a genre I don't care. Yeah, I was for gonna say, as as two people who live in Seattle, I'm really surprised that we have friends who are super into grunge. Like, you just never would expect it. Well, all of my friends who are super into grunge are not from here. Oh, 
Huh. Yeah. It's, All right. I have one friend who's probably pretty into. Well, so John is really into grunge, uh, uh, which I think he's like, yeah, no, he's really into grunge. And then our my friend Paul likes grunge, but like the rest of my friends who are really into grunge are like from like Alaska, Colorado, and Texas. <laughs> so and I I'm guess like, this is I guess this is me asserting my uh, native Seattle status, you know, shredding some of my. Uh, transplant shame by agreeing that I don't like grunge. <laughs> Yesterday, you sent me a message saying that your East Coast was rubbing off on me. You can't, you can't just very wildly like this. Watch me. <laughs> so, I unfortunately do not get a song as good as that. Uh, I get a song called "Stand Up" by Shane Henry, who is a blues musician. Oh. I'm going to tell you something about Shane Henry. Yeah. He is a blues musician. That's really <laughs> all I can say about him. I tried to look him up. Everything was like the exact same two or three marketed paragraphs about who he likes to listen to. And like, yeah. I don't care. And when one of them goes. Man from band. <laughs> I don't remember which one it is. It says, watch for Shane Henry. He's an up and coming star. And I'm like, wow, I'm watching and yeah. I'm waiting. But you know what? This song what? is not not great. Uh, it, it, I give it like a C. Here are the lyrics. It's another day in this life. Where do you begin? So many faces. So many places. There's a fire deep within. Hate that. That's a horrible lyric. Yeah. Nothing's like it used to be anymore. Whoa! Huh. And time waits for no one. The Stand anymore, up. The anymore on the end of that line really throws me. Nothing. Nothing's like it used to be anymore. Yeah, because I feel like without like, are you implying that otherwise things would be like how they used to? I don't know. Yeah, it's I'm, not I'm a necessary much, word. I'm spending too much time analyzing these very dumb lyrics. So please, no, no, please you continue. have to. You have to. Please do. <laughs> I'm shocked you didn't critique the whoa after anymore, uh, because that's a whole line unto itself. Yeah. I don't know. I'm stamping everything. I can I can get down with some just like vocal riffs, you know, my favorite song that's favorite band. That's basically all woes Mm -hmm. is a band called Japan droids. Oh, yeah. I love them. Like, yeah. Fantastic. They're all about. Party rockin' and woes. Mm-hmm. Everybody listen to the Japan rights. Mm-hmm. Anyways, and time waits for no one. Stand up. You gotta put up a fight. Stand up and let the flames ignite. Stand up, cause it's your time. You've come so far. It's who you are. Stand Ooh. up. You've gotta put up a fight. And That's I'm like... not great. How does this relate to Eddie? Like, he doesn't have to put up a fight. He literally has to admit that he's wrong. Not um, wrong, but that he should just, like, let other people into his life. Yeah. It's kind of like saying, hey, man, you know how everybody says you need to get over yourself? Don't get over yourself, man. Yeah. That's a really good point. This song is really undercutting the entire message of this episode, huh? Yes. Wow. Yes. Now, it's possible that the song in my version also is undercutting the message of the episode because I cannot actually understand any of the lyrics. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Crawl. Crawl. 
I'm going running, yeah. The, the, one of the, the most fun things to do is not listen to grunge. It's to make fun of grunge. Oh, yeah. There's a reason grunge voice is such a comedic trope, because it is hysterical. Um, now, what if we mix the two funniest things together? Grunge voice and Italian. Can you do a, like a, a bibbity boopy in grunge? I chose the wrong time to take a sip of water. Um, <laughs> um, hey, I'm making the pizzas, yeah. <laughs> oh man, you know, now we need to get Luigi Primo to do a grunge voice. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Let's go, bibbity boopy. <laughs> I'm making the best of pizza. <laughs> One, don't worry, fans. One day, this all this talking about Luigi Primo will pay off. Mm-hmm. Who knows if that's now or eleven <laughs> years from now? One day, one day it will. Yeah. Um. Anything else you want to talk about with this song or montage? Oh fuck no. <laughs> cool. Uh, <laughs> then we're moving on to Turner uh, being angry that people sometimes only see him as someone in a wheelchair. And then Megan tells him that that doesn't happen and it's not what he's feeling and that he should instead work a job as a swim coach. And then Turner yells, I can't handle the job. Um, And I laughed a lot uh, because A, it was bad and B, it was a bad Jack Nicholson impression. Um, It's funny because I my line here was I really enjoyed this conversation. Really? Well, written given his anxiety. Uh I, at least I thought it made... I don't think the acting was necessarily good on his no. part. And I really want to love Vanessa Angel. But... Um, yeah. I think given his anxiety, it I, I, I'm conflating good for it makes sense. It makes sense, but it's not good. Sure. I think I think there is definitely something to be said for, like... If, if this is really just his anxiety and not something that he's actually experiencing, then like, yeah, sure. The advice she's giving him makes sense. But his thing is like, I'm in a wheelchair and people see that all the time. And they think of me as someone in a wheelchair. Like, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm not disabled myself, but certainly this is not uh, (laughs) out of line in terms of what I've heard from people who are. So it, it, I think it read, off to me because they chose that as the subject matter. Like, I think the advice she's giving is valid in other cases, but this just felt like a no, 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 no. You're making this all up. It's not as bad as you think when he it very well could be. I Um, think she's just trying to placate him in a way that's like, no, sure. Like when you're like, um, this is the worst example, but it's the little (laughs) only one that comes to my head. When uh, a friend is puking in a toilet and you're just like, no, your life isn't a mess. Don't worry. No, no, I'm sure they like you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah don't worry. No, no, no one saw. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I see where you're coming from. I just feel like it has a different emotional weight when it's like something I don't know, minor, like, oh, I'm sad at a party versus like, 
hey, I feel like everyone's treating me badly because I'm disabled, you know? Whoa, whoa, dude. Some people make their lies off of parties. Like, like DJ Crash Cove from <laughs> earlier in the show. He's a DJ. What if, if not the party, what would his existence be? Yeah, yeah. Listen. That or Mitch McConnell. If it weren't for the party, <laughs> the Republican Party... What would his existence be? It's true. And I really I should apologize for uh, making people have to say they're sorry for party rocking. Oh, <laughs> um, but yeah, the scene basically wraps up with uh, Turner probably not actually realizing that he needs therapy, but uh, my man needs That's some therapy. Needs therapy. Um. And then he's it leads upset. this leads into mm-hmm. sorry. Oh, do you have more to say about this scene? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was just going to say that basically the rest of it is that he's mad that when he pushed Megan away and broke up with her, she didn't spend the rest of her life loving him and pining for him <laughs> and instead, yeah. you know, moved on with her life. And I was like, well, cool. Great. At least at least I didn't write her to get back with him. That's true. At least there's that. I, That's true. But this does lead into an amazing scene. Oh, my God. Which is that Eddie is playing chess against himself. (laughs) That loser. And then Mitch shows up and moves a knight to D5 check. But Mitch doesn't call check. So he's breaking the rules. Eddie, though, plays the grandmaster tactic of leaving the moment you (laughs) enter check. God, he's so smart. (laughs) Yeah, everyone knows that um, the real counter to a Queen's Gambit opening is to get up from the table and physically uh, force your opponent over to the other side of the board and then say, nope, now you're in check. Yeah, fuck off, Kasparov, you beta (laughs) cuck. Just stand up and leave. (laughs) It's it's the uh, midpoint between chess and chess boxing. Ooh. But, okay, so this is just an excuse to just bring this moment up. Mm-hmm. My favorite moment of chess in media is, do you know the show Smart Guy? Not at all. Okay, so Smart Guy is a show about, uh, it's really crazy. Guy? Well, it's a kid <laughs> who's like 11. Okay. And uh, the whole cast is black, which is awesome. Nice. Because you didn't see a lot of that, especially like the, well, I guess it, was, it, it could exist because Urkel existed in a different sure. show, right? So they're like, oh, we can cast, like, the smart nerd. But this is, like, an 11-year-old. And so there's an episode where uh, there's a chess machine, and they need a challenger. And mm. they're, like, going to play, like, whoever wins, like, a school chess competition or something. And so he wins a school chess competition. And he's like, I need to train all right so he he does i think it's he does two matches and the first one he just loses to the chess machine which makes perfect sense he's 11 and it's a chess machine yeah um the second one he's like i need to train before it and so he asked one of his brothers uh and his brother is like i don't know a thing about chess and he's like this is the horsey right and he's like it's a it's a knight so okay and so he keeps on (laughs) matching his moves so he puts him into, you know, into a draw. And he's like, why would you do that? That is like strategically doesn't make sense. Why would you do that? And he's like, because I don't know. I don't know how to play this game. And like, we wouldn't expect it. I don't think you can beat me. So like, why don't I just like put match all your moves so you can't take my pieces? And he's like, 
oh, wait, actually, this is really genius. So he starts doing it, and oh. the chess machine starts freaking out, and it starts spewing steam and smoke. It's like, does not compute, does not compute, strategy not found. And he, he's like, I'm a genius. And then he looks at his brother, and his brother's wow. like, I'm a fucking smart guy. That's, and it's, a, it's amazing. And that's so dumb, because that doesn't actually work. Like, if you, like me, are a kid who played a lot of chess growing up, Same. and and white just wins if you do that. Yes. Well, a very unfortunate statement to say well, yeah, about uh, this show I just described. <laughs> you, I you regret have to keep that in. everything. Oh, absolutely. Here is a picture of the cast of Smart Guy just to make you feel worse about yep. yourself. Oh yeah, some real some real nineties vibes there. Um, but boy, oh hold boy. on. Mm-hmm. Yes. So he plays a supercomputer named Socrates. Okay. They want to make a big money bet. Of and course. Wait a second. This is an important. Hold on. I have so many ideas. Give me one second here. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait. Baywatch. Smart guy. Are you going to look up, like, cast crossovers? What the, f- what the fuck? Naya Rivera was in Baywatch? Okay. Wait a second. John O'Hurley is in Baywatch? I don't know who that is. Oh man. Um he he's uh he's from Seinfeld. He plays uh, Elaine's boss. I've never seen Seinfeld more than You've like, never s- I've seen like two episodes. Oh, what a, okay, wait. One of the main characters No wait, no he's not. Wait, what? Hold on, wait, what? Hmm. <laughs> okay, hmm. I mean, we have some cast crossovers. Should really have five members of cast crossovers, so that's that's unfortunate. Mm. Um, God, you'll disappointed. In you. I know. I don't actually want to make fun <laughs> of you. I don't like to make fun of people for not knowing things. So I'm like, whatever. I focus too much on random shit. So why would I? Ex- why should I expect other people to know it? But here is the quote: mm-hmm. TJ, which is the smart guy, he goes. The plan to play recklessly is to try to ask about the computer. Knight to King's Bishop 3. And someone goes, he's taking his knight out first? What kind of move is that? And and then his brother, who inspired this all, goes, a move only a dummy would make. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I fucking love this shit. Oh, wow. man, there's going to be someone out. I'm going to watch this episode. It's it's there on Daily Motion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, boy. I'm going to put this here so I remember to do that later. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So then uh, Mitch is like, you can't run away from your problems or some, some something? Yeah. Uh. Well, specifically what he says is, hey, Eddie, stop being so sad. Turner has it way worse. And <laughs> he's also fucked up. And so you should be less sad and then he goes you're right where'd you say shawnee was and goes off to find shawnee and just boy oh boy just an immediate 180 from him i want everyone who's listening to this podcast right now to remember whenever you're depressed just remember palestine exists (laughs) so therefore you can't be depressed yeah it's true it's true yeah, famously, depression, just a real rational thing that goes away as soon as you provide a logical counter-argument to it. 
Well, I mean, like, I had, like, five <laughs> Palestinian liberation chokes, and I couldn't figure out which one to do, so... Aw. Gonna go with nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this scene is bad, and thankfully there's only a couple more. Next, we go to Shawnee, who's on the pier, heading towards Carolyn, who is watching the water. And then Shawnee yells at her about her about Carolyn having accused Eddie. And then Carolyn is like, I'm sad and I can't tell the truth because then everyone will know I'm nothing. But if I keep lying, then my dad will think I'm shitty. Um, And I believe she actually uses a word that I uh, don't want to repeat. But uh, oh, her father thinks she is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, And then Shawnee's like, no, 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 it'll all be fine. And then just completely out of nowhere, she just jumps over the edge of the pier, like climbs up on the railing and jumps over. Um, And it's it's so abrupt. Um, Mm -hmm. They were like, (laughs) time's time's going. We're we're watching our watches here. Uh, You got five minutes. Go. Yeah. Um. So Shawnee obviously jumps in after her to rescue her, but Caroline is unconscious, and thankfully Mitch gave Eddie that really good advice earlier, because Eddie is also right nearby because he went to go find Shawnee, and so the waves are big and Caroline's unconscious, and Shawnee gets her most of the way to the shore, but then Eddie takes her and carries her out of the water and starts performing CPR on her, and then Carolyn's dad shows up just as this is happening, and then they get in a fight, and then Carolyn is like, but I lied, and now everything is immediately fine. And her dad just... It's not even that. So what happens is the dad gets mad. Shawnee's like, he's saving her her life. And he goes, okay, yeah, and and then Shawnee says she jumped, and he just goes, "Oh, why did yeah. she jump?" <laughs> to which Shawnee retorts, "Maybe because she couldn't lie anymore." And he's yes. like, "Why would you lie?" And it's like, "Wait, do you just believe this person?" Like, he is, if I was if I was him, I wouldn't still wouldn't believe Shawnee. I also wouldn't believe the random teenager who came up to me and told me this <laughs> accusation in the first place. No, um, no, no, it's it's okay because she. Um, she had a Jeep mm-hmm. and uh, anybody with a Jeep. Yeah. Can't be malicious. It's impossible. But yeah, this uh, this scene ends with uh, Carolyn's dad holding her while she cries and saying, I'm sorry, I had no idea. And then the scene ends because he didn't fucking listen. He's such a bad actor. Like well, he's such a bad dad. too. Well, yeah, he's yeah. a bad actor and he's a bad dad. It's funny because he's, as we mentioned last episode, he's famous for being on a show that was super popular. Yeah. That was, and it was only popular because he was also in it in the pairing. So he must have been a good actor at one point, but not in Baywatch. I mean, I could fully believe that the issue here is the directing and writing and everything. <laughs> like, Ah, yes, know. the Douglas Schwartz experience. Oh, yeah. But yeah, we after we resolve that plot line, uh, we go to Turner and Mitch. I keep wanting to say Turner and Hooch. Um, right, right. <laughs> they're they're on the pier doing some more bantering, uh, and then they get into a motivational punching fight. And Mitch yells at him about being a swim coach, 
and then somehow this is better than therapy and Turner is 100% better now. And throughout all of this, there are random extras in the background yelling about whales. And it was oh, so fucking funny. from my version. Uh, it makes sense because, like, in the middle of Mitch, like, yelling at Turner as he has him pinned on the ground and is about to punch him, you just hear, like, a little girl in the background go, ooh, look over there, it's a whale! And it was so fucking funny because it just kept happening throughout the scene. Like there was clearly like a family of tourists there doing whale watching and they just kept yelling about whales. So it it makes my scene funnier where they do not cut away from them. They're just focused on them so hard. Oh, and yeah. Goes, People are staring at us. And yeah. it's like, who? So they don't cut away from Mitch and Turner. This is off screen yelling. Oh, <laughs> oh, well, they did not subtitle that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, wow. it's it's kind of a dumb scene. And and yeah, I don't I don't get it. It's real. It's real toxic masculinity shit where they mm-hmm. just like start punching each other until they both feel better. And it's like, all right, there's a point <laughs> where it's toxic masculinity. And then there's a point above that where it becomes like anime. And that's the part that I love where it's just mm-hmm. like. Bro, feel like feel my feelings with my fists, and then they just start crying, and they're like, <laughs> "I love you so much," and they just like their punches reverberate and like destroy the heavens, and oh, it's that's the great shit. And at that point, it's like, man, that's like therapy 2.0. <laughs> if therapy right now, as it exists, is therapy one, that is therapy two. Yeah, that's the therapy that I that we all strive for, but unfortunately, yeah. it's fictional. And yeah. only happens in Japan. It's I mean, it's a real case of like, you know, analyze this was good, but analyze that. Obviously, the better movie and really just the model we should be following. It's like, you know, Dumb and Dumber was good, but Dumber and Dumber er was wow. Mm hmm. God. <laughs> what about uh, if what if I created a sequel to that mm-hmm. called Dumbest? And dumbstress. <laughs> <laughs> because there's got to be a female dumb. Yeah. Dumbest and dumpster. That just sounds that's, like. No, no, <laughs> no. Not like if a, we're going to call that's the female version. Well, no, 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 no. I'm not thinking that. I'm thinking it would be like a like goofus and gallant parody. You know, the the two very relevant things in the year 2021, Goofus and Gallant parodies and Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> well, OK, wait, I have an idea here. OK, yes. hold on. And this requires an image okay. or reference. OK, so I like your idea. Dumber and Dumpster. But mm-hmm. what if Dumpster is instead played by Japanese professional wrestler Dump Matsumoto? <laughs> <laughs> Pictured here. Okay, is that is that a swastika on her forehead? It's it's the other kind. Ah, okay. I think I don't I, really know. I don't know. Um, it's, it, it's whatever. But the point is, is she 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 her gimmick was I'm big and I like trash. Like, <laughs> cool, that's fucking awesome. And she just like beat the shit up people, and I'm like. Awesome. That's fucking cool, I guess. But also, your first name is Dump. So yeah. that's awesome. Um, I do want to see 
I do want to see her and Danny DeVito fight in his trash man persona. Ooh. So this really plays into what we discussed at the beginning of the episode where I'm only now learning about shitting. And, (laughs) you know... I think yes. <laughs> I think the trash man and Dump Matsumoto could really just make for it, you know, transcendental live experience for my butthole. Oh yeah, you know? they could they could do a collab <laughs> on some PSAs, some public shitting advertisements. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's everybody poops, and then there's dumping your trash, <laughs> dumping in the dumpster, d- d- dumping the trash with Dump Matsumoto and the trash man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, PSA has really missed out on all the great crossovers they could have had. I know. I mean, just Danny DeVito in any PSA is just like, like imagine Danny DeVito doing like weird random PSAs where it's like, yeah. I'm Danny DeVito and I'm here to tell you, watch out for cheetahs, you know, <laughs> or some shit like that. And it's just like, oh look, a cheetah, and it's like Danny DeVito <laughs> running away from a cheetah attack. <laughs> Like, oh, my God, could you imagine that? That'd be amazing. Yeah. I did also have another thought while you were doing a Danny DeVito impersonation, which is that I do want to hear Danny DeVito sing grunge. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, um, I don't know if I can do that. Oh, no, that's fine. I just, it was a mental image I, I had, and it made me I happy. I could, but I don't know if I would do it on the podcast, because I feel like it would take me too long to get it right. That's fair. Um, I'm also only okay at impressions when I'm not trying. Um, and when I'm not trying, I'm very good. And when I'm trying, I can't do it to save my <laughs> life. Basically, what we're saying is watch our SoundCloud for our upcoming EP drop. We never set up the SoundCloud. <laughs> we'll figure we'll it out. We'll have to do it on Bandcamp. That way we can actually yeah. get money from it. True, true. Yeah, we'll be featured in a Bandcamp Daily article about music from <laughs> m- music from the surf. And it's just like the five best songs from Baywatch Rookie School. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> they really, yeah. really branched out on their third EP. Yeah. Um, uh, called um, um, Peer to Peer. Oh, ho, ho, ho. an album that they released on uh, BitTorrent. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, featuring such songs as Even Grow. <laughs> oh, I'm going surfing. And, uh, and, um, and, um, um, Dumpin' USA. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, my God. <laughs> And we'll go dump, 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 dump. <laughs> it does not take a lot to make me laugh today. Wow. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Uh, this this episode has the fun combination of there not being much to talk about and what little there is to talk about sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah. This really and truly could have been a one part episode. There was oh, not yeah. two episodes worth of material here. Holy shit. I would have taken a two-parter of just focusing on Vanessa Angel, but... Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they gave us this. Tell us what happens. Yeah. Next. We've only got us- one one more scene, so I'll, I'll wrap us up. Eddie and Shawnee are at a tower when Caroline shows up, and she's moving back to Ohio, and she's here to apologize to Eddie, 
And Eddie won't even acknowledge her until she goes maybe, to leave. Maybe she'll go back to Ohio and she'll meet Gail. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hadn't no, even thought Gail, about that. Gail does come back this season, so probably not. Oh, well. I mean, I, I like Gail. I'm not disappointed oh, yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. Um, but yeah, just as Carolyn goes to leave, Eddie finally forgives her and tells her that actually being popular isn't what it's all about and... You really just shouldn't commit suicide. Um, and then she's like, don't worry, I'm going to go get therapy. And I was like, oh, what? Cool. Yeah. Good. But I'm glad. Her, um, and she's like, her, no, she says, my dad is allowing me to see a psychologist. Yeah. Allowing me. Yeah. And, which is so weird. But I did have a very much a fateful findings. Neil Breen is, I can't believe you'd commit suicide. He's never done this before. <laughs> God, that line is never not funny. It's so, it's so good. It's so fucking good. But yeah, no, that's exactly what it was. It was just Eddie being like, you know, I just really it really just feels like maybe not the best idea. You know, there's just it's like there's just wait, better options. Like, wait, wait, you know, wait a risk reward here. You know, it just doesn't pan out. You don't you don't really get much of a reward for this risk. Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. He says nothing's worth it, but that's because the internet hadn't been invented yet, and now there's something worth it. No, there's not. No, there's not. I can't, like, I can't riff on this, because then I'm saying the exact same thing he did. I know. It's really um, stupid. Yeah, it's not good. But um, you know what else is not good? What, Michael? And this is, this is a pet peeve of mine. Probably a lot of people don't share this. White shoes on a beach. Yeah. Why would you wear white tennis shoes on a beach? You're just going to ruin them. Like, I don't get I get white shoes look cool. They're fashionable. You wear them anywhere. They're going to get dirty and then you have to wash them again. You have to, like, rub them down. And I'm like, that's too much work for your shoes. I don't yeah. I don't want to do that. Like what? And then she's wearing pure white shoes on the beach, son. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, not not a great plan. No, I mean, look, I don't know what flies in Ohio. Probably that. (laughs) But I don't fly out here on Baywatch. (laughs) It's true. If there's one rule we've learned from Baywatch, it's don't wear white shoes on the beach because they might get dirty. We need to make (laughs) a rule book for this show. (laughs) I agree. Um, But yeah, we we get a brief little couple shots of eddie and shawnee flirting making out and going for a walk on the beach and then the episode's over and it's weirdly a romantic ending um yeah which Mm. didn't really work for me for the tone of this episode so yeah that's uh that's the trophy and now we're done with it um (laughs) so morgan on a scale of one to ten where one is ruining your food so bad that the smoke alarm goes off, and ten is getting your boy tied David Hasselhoff to talk to you about Wuthering Heights. Where would you rate the trophy part two? I, oof, man, part two I'm, only. Yeah, no, I'm I'm between a two and a three, I think. Um, and I think I think I gotta give it to the two. Like, there's just, <laughs> there's just, look, if anybody's got to give it to the two, it's me, because I'm only learning how to right now. 
Yeah. But yeah, there's just, you know, there's there's a couple of interesting moments in this episode, but there's also multiple times where teenage girls are portrayed as being the ones who are preying on older men. And that's just fucking gross. Like, I don't mm-hmm. I don't like it. And I wish I didn't have to think about it. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give it a two. Uh, and I am going to call a two the experience of earlier in a podcast recording having done a bunch of grunge voices and now your throat kind of hurts. Aw, sorry. <laughs> sorry, friend. It's, you know, there was just nothing I possibly could have done to have foreseen or prevent that. It's not like it's a thing that I know will happen, but it's worth it for the jokes. Nice. Um, how about you, Michael? What's your rating for part two here? Uh, I'm thinking a three. Uh, I would have rated it a two, but there's something I just, I don't know, strongly in my head, I feel like it's a little bit better than whatever a two is, but it's not, it's not great. Like, this is a bad episode. Like, a three is by no means good. Yeah. It just means it's not as bad as a two to me. Uh, and we've had enough bad episodes on a string here, or on yeah. a line of bad episodes that, like, I'm sort of getting an idea of, like, what the worst can be. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this is actually what the worst can be, but uh, it makes me want to change my rating for Armored Car. Uh, <laughs> but not because I think it's good, like everybody told us they thought it was, mm-hmm. but because I just think it's not as bad. You know That's what fair. I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. I feel like now we've hopefully fully calibrated what the bottom of our scale looks like. Like, I don't know how much more of early season two I can take. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're going to have to take all of it because you agreed to this. It's true. Uh, it's true. So and that's not me guilting Morgan. That's him <laughs> guilting himself. It's true. So, I just, you know, I just know that, you know, when I when I make a promise and start something, I really just have to take it all. What? <laughs> Okay. That was. I thought there was a follow up. (laughs) Also a little. Okay. Interesting. I mean that is that is what you said. So I I agree. I'm just agreeing with you. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and so a three would probably be being in a competition against a supercomputer multiple times. And losing over and over and realizing that all you had to do was just be a fucking dumb wad <laughs> and you win. Like nobody told me in life the way to succeed was to just be a fucking dumb little piece of shit. <laughs> if I knew that, I wouldn't have pretended to be smart this whole time. I know. It would have been right? so much easier. I would have just been like, I don't even know what dumb people do. What do dumb people do? <laughs> I don't know because I'm not it. I failed. Ugh, I'm just too smart. <laughs> I'm just too hot, mm-hmm. too smart, you know, too funny, uh, too cool. Uh, two men who have never watched Baywatch before. I'm Mike Lyson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Morgan Thrapp, and uh, let's wrap this fucking episode up. <laughs> yeah, uh, so Morgan, let's talk about the next episode. Yes, let's. So, Morgan, our next episode is called If Looks Could Kill. And it is a guest episode. It's going to be very fun. So let's start with our Baywatch wiki description, which is one sentence. 
Mitch okay. falls for a beautiful woman he has rescued, never dreaming she is actually a murderer. What? Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, that's pretty simple. You're like, wow, there's no like racism or yeah, random crap like that. Here's the IMDb description. Mitch rescues a beautiful young woman named Allison from her car after she crashes it off a cliff into the ocean. But Mitch is unaware that Allison is a lethal murderess who immediately draws him (laughs) into a murderous web of scheming and murder. There's a lot of murder. (laughs) To retrieve a suitcase full of stolen cash from the submerged car, which is owned by a man she just murdered. (laughs) Lots of murder. After Allison successfully murders her ex-partner, Drew, a very suspicious Eddie tries to uncover the truth about Allison. And an unsuspecting Mitch refuses to believe Eddie's suspicions about her. Ooh, that sounds like a lot better of an episode. It just yeah. sounds like normal Baywatch. You know, that just and I I, I think it's going to be fun, especially because you know, besides the fact that we have a guest here, uh, they won't be subjected to the absolute fucking worst. Yeah. Of the now, show. That actually sounds like a perfectly enjoyable episode with a plot that makes sense for Baywatch. Yeah. Our next three episodes are going to be fun and good, uh, and and then we then we get Baywatch talking about deaf people. Yeah, uh, so uh, we'll see what happens there. <laughs> but our next three episodes are going to be cool as shit. Hell uh, yeah! And I'm excited for it. Same. Uh, but yeah, I guess I guess that brings us to the end. So thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Baywatch Rookie School. Uh, if you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is at Rookie School Pod. I'm at Morgan P. Thrap. I'm at Snotsnit, S-N-O-T-S-N-I-T. We'll see you next week. And just remember, hips, lips, and fingertips. Even <laughs> 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 <laughs>